Alrighty, it is that time in the week where we get our friends over uh, from Blacklock Reporting digging into all those juicy little nuggets that don't get all the attention, but they should because they are interesting and they actually matter in the big picture. No one doing it better these days than our friend Tom Korski, who is the managing editor at Blacklock Reporting. Good to have you, Tom. Um, so Auditor General Karen Hogan told members of the Common Public Accounts Committee she didn't want to dwell on why things were as bad as they were at uh, public health prior to COVID. You know, she has, and and you probably had the soundbite of the century when, you know, you excoriated her for being timid in, in her report. I mean, her job is not to polish the turd. You know, MPs were incredulous uh, on the Public Accounts Committee, Alex. It, for exactly that reason. And we see this with more and more officers of parliament, I'm sorry to say it. Uh, Ms. Hogan did not perform this audit as an advocate for the taxpayer, and she, and she did not act uh, in any sort of adversarial manner. She made it quite clear by her testimony that she wanted to help the public health agency. She wanted to be a helper. She wanted to focus on continuous improvement. Though 26,000 people are dead, and MPs had a lot of questions. How will we ever improve, asked MPs, if we don't name names and find out why the uh, pandemic management was so bungled? So mm. it's just terrible incompetence. Two executives abruptly resigned. That's how bad it was. That's a right. big deal in Ottawa where no one ever loses their job. To which Auditor Hogan had no adequate response. MPs found it a deeply unsatisfying performance. But, you know, t taxpayers don't have a lot of friends in this town, Alex. If you don't have the auditor, if you don't have the information commissioner, the ethics commissioner, uh, God knows the privacy commissioner is my personal favorite, Danny Terry. And if there's a public office holder in Ottawa who could be replaced by a fax machine in an empty room, it's the privacy commissioner, Danny Terry. It's just it, it's not supposed to work that way. You're not a helper. You're not a life coach for civil service managers. You're mm -hmm. supposed to be an advocate for the general public who pay your salary. Right. Yeah, I mean, as MP Matthew Green um, of the NDP, you know, said it, I mean, there was a catastrophic failure. I mean, n names should have been named. And, and again, if, if she can't do it, if these people, the watchdogs can't do it, then who will? It's like the fix is in. And how bad was this audit? You know, this was uh, an audit that focused on the uh, mismanagement of the national stockpile uh, this was medical supplies. You and I have discussed this frequently. The audit did not even mention that the public health agency, in the lead-up to the pandemic, had closed three of nine warehouses, threw away nine million goods, was inexplicably approved the shipment of 16 tons to China when they didn't realize that their own warehouses were short. Isn't that odd? Asked a Quebec MP, to which Auditor Hogan replied, you know, we're not in the business of cross-checking Government of Canada policies. Well, what's what you there for? Exactly. What you and I just did, Amazing. that's what MPs did on the Public Accounts Committee. Exactly. Well, I mean, maybe they, I mean, there's a reason I don't. She doesn't look very happy these days, so maybe she's realizing she uh, she may have uh, not done her job properly. But we'll we'll stay tuned for that. Um, the Commons was expected to pass a motion which would compel disclosure of these records about this raid at the high level federal lab in Winnipeg, where two Chinese scientists were stripped of credentials, and then we had a whole bunch of uh, Chinese military scientists getting access. 
Um, these are pretty serious allegations. One of these scientists is, is accused of sending Ebola to this, vir- uh, this viral lab in, in Wuhan. Um, public health does, again, this is another public health thing. They don't want to talk about it. No surprise there. But are they going to be able to get these documents? I think they will. It will be a house order, and on a very short deadline, 48 hours, MPs want their legal counsel to see those uncensored records. This was a big deal, Mm -hmm. Alex. Federal police raided the lab. Federal police raided the lab. These two Chinese scientists were escorted off the property in Winnipeg and subsequently fired. The Commons uh, Special Committee on Canada-China Relations has asked twice by, by committee directive that the agency cough up those files on what occurred here. They're, they're not looking to put them on the Internet Members of Parliament want to see it on behalf of constituents, and the agency said, drop dead. We won't do it. Just today, they released more censored, redacted mm. records. MP said, look at who's in charge here. Is, is it the guys who couldn't run the mask warehouse? Is that how it works? Is, 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 is it the agency that gets a pass for gross mismanagement by the Auditor General? Or is it the MP that you elect in your home riding to represent concerns like the fact there was a pandemic and a recession and the consequences could have been mitigated if they did their job you know, Alex, on that China business, on the mm-hmm. raid of that lab in Winnipeg, the implications of that are startling. Even New Democrats, block MP said they'd vote for it. Very serious, as one New Democrat, not a conservative, said Jack Harris from St. John's East. And they're going to get to the bottom of it. Why the public health agency thinks disclosure is an option is, is simply yeah. it's baffling and, frankly, infuriating. Well, it also brings in a question, you know, whose interests are they uh, protecting, uh, theirs or the national security of this entire country? And so, yeah, I hope uh, I hope you do get that uh, disclosure because those documents will be very interesting. Bill C-10, this has been a nightmare for the liberals. They're trying to push this thing through. And so the conservatives uh, used a nifty trick that they learned from the liberals, which is they filibustered um, this thing at a committee meeting so that this bill might actually not get passed. Where do you you get the sense that it's going to get Washed before the uh, session ends. Well, the problem is the calendar. Uh, the House uh, is in a always in a sweat to adjourn for the summer. In this case, June twenty third is the last day on their calendar. That's the day before Saint Jean Baptiste Day. And there were uh, members, uh, opposition members on the uh, Heritage Committee who said, "Look at," effectively uh, said, "You're not getting this through." Uh, it's short order for any competent MP to filibuster this for the rest of the month. Uh, even if they get a vote in the House of Commons, they will not get a vote in the Senate, and the bill will not become law. This was, as you mentioned uh, in, in our previous discussions, Alex, this was the spearhead of a whole campaign by yeah. Cabinet for unprecedented regulation of the Internet. Well, what does it matter by June 23rd? Because there will be an election that you, you, you all the signs are there. The cabinet is just going through appointments to every board and commission. You can imagine that's always a sign there will be a campaign. That bill will be lost. Which is good because then they can't kick people like you and me off the Internet. Um, quickly, I want to get this one in because uh, this is this makes no sense to me. This is like uh, something that the centennial flame on Parliament Hill. Who doesn't go there when they go to Ottawa to get a picture? I mean, 
you know, it's it's the thing. And um, they're going to extinguish the flame because it's uh, not carbon friendly. You know, it emits some 38 tons of carbon emissions. Are they going to extinguish the thing? What's the deal with this? Well, it's natural gas. Uh, they, they put it out all the time. People think it's a perpetual flame. They close it for maintenance routinely. It's natural gas, apparently that's uh, forbidden. And so they're going to use uh, biomethane from uh, landfills in the Montreal oh. area. It's a funny thing, I, you know, that, that flame, anyone who was alive in 1967, my goodness, it seems like so long ago, that flame inspired uh, similar observances right across the country. There was even a centennial flame dessert, which mm -hmm. was put out by the mm -hmm. dairy board. Uh, this was slices of ice cream surrounded by flaming sugar cubes quoted in lemon extract. It was a simpler time. <laughs> it was a simpler time, but but to end of a natural gas area, we call it the most, uh, that's the most famous natural gas fixture in the whole country, the Centennial Flame right there on Parliament Hill. Yeah. Well, one of the, is at least the methane coming from this country or are they going to ship in some <laughs> Venezuela, Venezuela crude to light that sucker? <laughs> we do not, we do not need foreign methane. We can produce our own. We, we do not need it, but we will probably buy it. I mean, that's just how they roll. Nonetheless. All right, Tom, thank you very much. I will uh, keep my eyes peeled on you guys to see what you find out, and we'll talk soon. Thanks a lot, Alex. That is one Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Locks Reporting, and they are a subscription-based magazine, and I tell you every time, worth every single cent.